So we're starting a new series this morning, which is something that I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm, I'm hopefully preaching to you. Like, I'm not like, let me, let me show you how I followed Christ on this one, because it's really hard in the world that we live in today. And it's going to be based off this verse from the book of Proverbs, and I hope that during this series, we just memorize this verse together. Whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So let's say that together once. Whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So the idea of, of this series, we're going to be talking about this, is love covers over an offense. And I think a lot of times in the way that, that we live today, we think it, it almost feels like there's a competition to be offended at all the right things. And this happens to everybody. Like, I'm not, like, accusing one side or the other, but I think this happens to everybody. To be offended and be irate about all the right things, or, you know, I can't believe this, or I, I can't believe that. And I hope for us that, that we would be a community where we learned how to do this well, because it, it's hard. And I am going to talk next week specifically about what happens when there is something that needs to be said. Uh, but oftentimes, I think we're just trying to somewhat, like, police the, the whole world in this and not really giving ourselves the ability to step back because like, judging the whole world is not your job. Isn't that nice? We can breathe a little bit and say, all right, that, that, that helps a little bit because it's not your job and it's not my job. And again, of course, there are times when there, you need to say something, when you need to do something, when you need to act, when you need to step up, when you feel called because if you don't stand at times for things that I believe God would want for, for justice in our world. If you don't stand for those things, then you can end up just not really living the life that God has called you to. But it's not on you to be offended at all the right stuff. That's not some sort of prize that somebody gets at the end. In Luke, Jesus says this, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. I love how honest Jesus is about things about this. Like, there's going to be stuff that's going to cause you to stumble. There's going to be things that you're going to be, like, stumbling on. And, of course, that means that there's going to be times when you need to be offended by something, to actually go and, and do something. When something is hurtful to you, you need to have that conversation. You need to make that happen. But oftentimes, I wonder if we're really, like, stumbling on the wrong things. The, the word offended, like, literally means to be off-ended, so you're going along your way, and you know, if you get offended, you get knocked off course. And there are certain people in certain relationships where I think you should be knocked off course, where you should be knocked off balance. But unfortunately, I don't think we always do a good job of knowing that. Uh, something that I did several years ago um, that I recommend to anybody is I, I took social media off my phone, and I would highly, highly recommend that. Personally, anybody who has, like, actually done that, has told me months later, like, thank you so much. Like, I, I feel so, there, there's study after study on this that show that it's not helpful uh, for us. So you can Google those things. But perhaps, like, you're a little bit better than me on this. Maybe you are, and you're just able to kind of put it in a different category. But I know for me, one of the reasons why I decided that it was an important step for me to take is because Mandy and I were having conversations, and it wasn't always, like, bad things. Like, sometimes it was good things, but we were having conversations like about people and not with people. And we were like, can you believe that person said that? Or again, sometimes good. How did they afford that vacation? You know, I mean, you just have this, this like, and I just realized, like, I, I don't know if this is all that helpful for me. 
And so I have a social media accounts, but I leave the password locked up, so I don't really have it except for access uh, on one computer. So sorry if I miss your birthday from time to time, but that's why um, I, I don't always do that. But it's easy for us, I think, to get thrown off balance by the way people communicate and having these like digital relationships. Because maybe you shouldn't be offended by something somebody says that you shared a biology class with like 12 years ago. And Jesus says there's going to be stuff that will cause you to stumble. Like there's going to be some real stuff that you're going to need to work through. But the, the Greek that is used there that he uses for the thing that's going to cause you to stumble is the word scandalone, uh, which is the word that we get scandal from. And, and it means like a, a trap for an animal. That's what it means. Like it is, there's going to be stuff that's going to cause you to get trapped. There's going to be stuff that if you like go down this road or talk about this thing, like if you just focus too much on that negative thing, whatever seems to be happening, like it, it's going to, to be something that you're going to have to work through. And again, I, I think that there are some things that legitimately uh, we need to think about and struggle with and, and really contemplate, like, how do I have a conversation? How do we improve in this area? But I just don't think it needs to be everything. We don't need to spend time in, in bitterness, anger, or resentment for stuff that's just simply not worth it. Because we can spend a lot of our life in that space. And I love the old adage about anger, that, that being angry is like taking poison and expecting someone else to get hurt. Like, you know, you're, you're angry about this situation. You're angry about this thing. It's like, oh, man, I'm just going to like, just think about this thing. And it's like, is that really helping you? Like, is that all that great? I had a mentor one time tell me when I, I was talking to him about a situation uh, that we were dealing with at church many years ago. And uh, he said, well, how often do you and your wife talk about it? And I said, well, probably every night. I mean, I don't know, like is, is something happens or whatever. And he said, just sometimes you need to just pause and take a breath and say, is this really where I want the night to go? Because if I do, if I like bring it up, and it's not that you know, maybe I'm hurting or there's something that's going on, but do you really want that to be where you spend the next three hours? Or do you want to, I don't know, talk about your kids? You know, <laughs> it's easy for us, again, at times sometimes when we're frustrated, when we're upset, to like, end up in these spaces and to continue to, to think about them. And in reality, like, we need some space sometimes from those things. There isn't some sort of prize for whoever gets offended by all the right stuff in the end. The wisdom literature says a lot about this wisdom literature in the Old Testament. Um, and then you have the book of James, which is a great example of wisdom literature uh, in the New Testament. But Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says this, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. And then in James, James continues this idea. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Angry human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And I'll give a quick aside. We have our James Bible study starting up on, it's on YouTube and Facebook uh, every week starting at 7.15. Uh, Charlie was our special guest for the first three episodes, so you're definitely going to catch those because he, he carries us in those episodes. But uh, Char Charlie was such a great conversation partner for the book of James. And then we are doing our prayer time at 8 p.m. on Zoom, which I'd love to give you the link to. It's just such a blessing. We uh, have I've changed a little bit of the format this time to just be a time uh, where we just do some like prayer and meditation over scripture for 15 
15 minutes. You don't even have to show your face on the Zoom thing. Like you could just put, put the camera not even up. And it's just such, such a blessing. I, Daniel Harrison was on it this week. And then he told me, he's like, man, that was so good. And for me too, it is. It's just 15 minutes of just like some focused prayer time. So I would love for you to be part of that. But James says this from the get-go in the opening chapter of James. Like, don't act like the anger that you have is always going to be exactly how God would act. I know that's true of me. Even if sometimes I'm motivated at the very beginning for something that I think is godly or, or, or just or important, it's easy for me to let anger take the wheel in my heart. It's easy for me to respond out of anger and sometimes to do unchristian things, even out of a Christian motivation. I had a, a counselor that talked to me once, and he said, what you want to do with anger, because it's going to come out in one way or another, is at times you need to just say, all right, anger, you can talk, but I'm, you can like sit in the passenger seat of the back seat of the car. I'm going to drive, but you can talk for a minute. You don't want to let anger get into everything because anger can end up like really putting your, your heart in, in a bad place. And let's be honest, you all know times, I know times where my anger has not produced the righteousness of God. So don't assume that you're always able to do this. It's also super, a great blessing uh, when you're able to, to hear things because when you have a hard conversation, when someone like says something to you and brings something that you really need to hear. And there's been times in my life where I really needed to hear it. If I'm easily offendable, like, we don't even get anywhere. Because that person starts to talk about that thing, and then I'm like, well, I mean, you know your issues, right? I mean, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. I remember when I was early on in, in preaching, uh, I would get some criticism from time to time. I know, shocker, but it happened. And, and I remember it, and I, actually, you all are such a blessing. You do will bring things to me at times, which I, I super appreciate, but you've always done it consistently in love. But early on in my ministry, I remember just trying to get that understanding because people talk about preaching a sermon like it's like, and someone says something, it's like, is my baby ugly? I don't know. I've worked so hard on this. And so you get these kind of weird like comments and things there. And I was just trying to learn how to do this uh, in ministry. And I, I remember I, I had th this moment that I realized yeah, I think I'd probably do the same thing if someone else was talking to me for 30 minutes, right? There'd be a few things. Maybe I'd go, hey, you should have expanded on this, or you should have thought about this another way, or, or let's like have a, a conversation about this. And oftentimes it did lead to helpful results. But I remember at the beginning, just like somebody would say something, and my knee-jerk response was like, well, you know, you have your own issues too. And I think it's easy for us, like if we're in a position where we're like easily offended to, to not do some of the stuff that, that we like really need, like to do the hard work that we need to do. We need at times someone to come to us and say, hey, I'm concerned about this in your life. Can I talk to you about this? And for us not to just be like on edge because there's times when we all need to be pulled back in a little bit. And as we think about like the, the world and how we're living, I can't help but think of the comedian George Carlin um, who said this, that a maniac is someone who's driving faster than you and an idiot's always slower than you. And I think that's, that's very, very true. And like as, as we think about like the world, not just in driving, but just the world, it's easy for us when someone perhaps comes to us with something that's on their heart for us to just point out whatever it is that's wrong about them or, you know, 
being angry at the process that they came to with instead of just saying, is, is there something in this that I need to hear? And I'm not just going to jump to easily being offended or thinking about the ways that, that they've been wrong because anger is a tool that I believe is given to us by God. But it is something that needs to be guarded very, very carefully. And we need to have a deep understanding of like what it means to be angry at the right things and then to do it in the right way. And that takes like community and, and discernment and coming together. There was a judo champion named Bob Hutchins. And I'm sure you're all super familiar with judo. Uh, but uh, he said that he was a pretty average judo performer until he learned how to make his opponent angry. And that's when he won the championship. He was pretty run-of-the-mill, somewhat average. But when he learned how to get under the skin of the person that he was fighting against, that's when he started winning. And we need to have a deeper space that we come from. We need to not react or live so easily offended in every single moment. And again, sometimes to, to say something, but so often I think in the world of digital communication, not very much is accomplished. And you just drop the perfect meme. Or, you know, you're in a Facebook debate and you just like completely slay your opponent. And then 15 minutes later, they've come back to argue against like one small point that you weren't even really trying to make. And it just kind of keeps going and going and going. You and I just aren't meant to fight every battle. And I know that sometimes we think that our world is more divided than ever. And perhaps that's true. I don't necessarily think that's true. I just think people have more platforms than ever that they're able to actually share. One of my, a mentor in my ministry is very cynically says, the only thing holding most churches together is a lack of communication. And that's a little cynical, but I think that's not just true of churches. I think that's just relationships in general. I know during COVID, there's been times you're like, wait, you think what? With people that I really love and care about. I'm like, what? Like, help me understand. Like, I, I don't get why you think that way. And it's important then, if that happens with somebody that you like really are in communion with or in community with and that you are in relationship with, like it's important then to say, all right, let, let's, let's talk about this together. Let's see what perhaps might be on the other side. And don't walk around with, with your antennas up just like waiting to be offended by everything. Because again, being, being offended is to just get knocked off course, and not everything is supposed to do that to us. I think of verses like this as the story to the cross unfolds that talk about Jesus. If you go to that John slide, I think, or Matthew, it's all over, but I chose the Matthew one. So Jesus is on his way to the cross. And I've always thought of these as just like almost throwaway verses. You know, like, I mean, it's really about the pain on the cross and, and my sin. But imagine there's people passing by. 
just hurling insults at him. And I think of the old hymn, perhaps you've sung it before, he could have called 10,000 angels. Like he could have been like, all right, guys, like if, if you're going to say that to me, like come and see who my posse is. Like I'm going to bring, I, I, I could, okay, you're going to call me that? Like you're going to mock me being like king of the Jews or whatever? Like let, let me just like throw a little of these guys at you. Like, and I know for me, like when someone says something to me or something that is, is offensive, sometimes I just want to go like, oh, let me prove how you're wrong or let me like bring all these things. And Jesus, being human, Here's like hard things to hear that aren't true. And he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have done something. But he stays on mission. He remembers who he is. One thing that, that helped me as I was thinking about those, those comments that people would have for me in my preaching, and please don't hear this as like, don't comment again. I want you to continue to comment and bring things. It's super, super helpful, and you all are, are so gracious. But I remember just realizing, like, I'm not a preacher. I'm a child of God who happens to preach. That is not my core identity. And there might be a point in my life where I'm not doing that anymore. But I'm not first and foremost that. I'm first and foremost a child of God. And that causes me to live in a certain way. I love what the book of Ephesians says, the armor of God passage. And in the armor of God passage, it concludes by talking about having a certain kind of shoe. And the shoe that would have been worn in battle in that time would have been like a modern day cleat. Because if you were in the kind of battles that they would have been in that time in that place, like you would have been on rocky soil and all this kind of terrain. And so you would have to have shoes that would keep you set somewhere. You'd have to have stuff that helps you as you're pivoting and going through dirt and, and doing all of these things. And so uh, Paul writes in Ephesians, have the, the sort of, of mentality, have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And to have that, to have that sort of footing in the world takes discipline and it takes effort and it takes being willing to attune your heart to some places and not attune your heart to others. To listen to certain things and to say, I'm going to like devote my heart and my effort to, to this. I'm going to stay on mission over here, but I'm going to allow myself to recognize that I am first and foremost a child of God. And that affects everything that I do. And so perhaps someone says something and it's about me and perhaps I do need to have that conversation or perhaps there's something that is really affecting me. But I'm going to enter into that with the gospel of peace. I'm going to enter into that with, with my footing in a good place. I love how Charles Spurgeon said this. He was a famous preacher in England in the 1800s. And he said to his congregation after uh, he had had some things written about him in the local paper that weren't true, he said, if any man thinks ill of you, do not be angry, for you are worse than he thinks you to be. 
like, yeah, I have, you have no idea. I mean, that's part of it, but you don't even know any, anywhere near the truth. May we not allow ourselves to get trapped because there's, there's so many ways to right now and there's so many ways that you can get distracted. And unfortunately, I feel like getting offended by everything makes you really stand for nothing. So what would it look like for you to recognize that there's going to be stuff, there's going to be noise, there's going to be things that are just around your peripheral vision, there's going to be stuff perhaps that is said about you, what would it look like for you to stay on mission? To say, first and foremost, I'm a daughter or a son of God. And I want to stand for something. That means I don't stumble over everything. Maybe recognize that love covers an offense. And that my anger and your anger doesn't very often produce the justice and righteousness of God. May we seek justice and peace with our lives, but let us do it with with our feet firmly planted in our Christian identity. Because you and I are deeply loved by God. And that changes the way that we live and act in our world. Let's stand and let's worship together. And as we're standing together, let's pray. God, as we think about love covering offense in a time that feels very divided, I know it's easy for me to have like people come to mind. I think about relationships that perhaps were better pre-pandemic. I think of, of family members. I think of people that I need to give a fresh start to. Father, help me and help us all to live for your justice, but from a peaceful heart that is led by you and not us. Father, may we just remember this that simple but, but profound phrase, that love covers an offense. It's in your son, Jesus, and I pray. Amen.